The next uh, segment is uh, ground up ways of generating sector data. And we have invited Emily Perkin from Just Cause. Just Cause is what um, earlier I called a social cause consultancy. <laughs> but it's a strange thing to call it that. And she can describe what she does herself better. But it's an example of a community asset, right? There's MPEG, there's Just Cause, there's a group of people supporting uh, NGOs and nonprofits with research and consultancy. And so Emily is um, uh, managing director of Just Cause and has around 12 years of experience in the social sector as a consultant, staff member, trustee, and volunteer. She's been in Singapore since February 2013 and has worked with many charities, social enterprises, and donors across the region to provide philanthropy advice and impact measurement support. Her wide-ranging practical experience includes conducting large-scale value-for-money assessments for central government, managing a knowledge network for charities in Japan and Afghanistan, and co-founding an award-winning social enterprise in London. Um, can we welcome Emily, please? everybody. Uh, thanks for reading out my bio there, Justin. It's quite embarrassing. Right, I think I've got the double death slot here because we've, ha we've had our lunch and then we've all sat through a long slot and uh, um, it's been a long time since anyone's had a coffee. So, um, so that I've got at least some hope of people listening to me. Can you all just do me a favour? Stand up. Up. <laughs> this is a quick wake up. Okay. Up, 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 up. There's still some people sitting. Okay, now everyone's up. Now, if you can, first of all, high-five the person next to you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, and then uh, Justin said he's going to Japan next week, so in honour of that, can we have a little bit of, little bit of bowing? <laughs> Very good. Okay. All right, thanks for that. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to... Um, speak quite briefly, but we're following on from the same topic about, about open data. Um, this time it's not so much about the, the social needs, mapping the needs, this is actually mapping um, who's doing what amongst the social sector organizations, amongst the MPOs. Uh, so so this, is, um, this is the follow-on. Um, Justin's mentioned I'm, I'm from, I've set up a small organization called Just Cause uh, a few years ago here in Singapore. And um, we're a not-for-profit ourselves, and we see our role as in providing a kind of independent um, research evaluation for both nonprofits and for donors. Uh, we are not academics, so we don't do um, beautiful, rigorous, uh, long studies, but we try to kind of fill some sort of gap for doing a shorter, more, more practical kind of consulting style work. And so some of it is evaluation for nonprofits, some of it is research that is commissioned by donors, um, and then some of it is um, what we would see as advocacy, particularly trying to um, promote more, of, um, more time spent uh, within the sector to do research and evaluation and learning. Um, one of the projects that we have been kind of batting our heads against for the last three plus years is this idea of building a kind of public access database of non-profit information, social, social service organization information. Um, and we launched a, a prototype 
last year, which you can see up on the screen. So there's a, there's a front end which has got about 50 plus uh, organizations that you can search through and then you click on one and you get a relatively detailed profile of that organization covering all sorts of things like what are their programs, how many staff do they have, um, what does their board look like, what do their financials look like, um, what's their approach to measuring impact, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and the back end is just, is just a big database. Um, so we've been, it's, a lot of volunteers contributed to this thing over the last three years. Um, my colleague Wen Yi is over there, I want to call her out because she in particular spent um, vast amounts of time trying to, trying to kind of go out to many organizations, ask for the data and pull it together. Um, the reason we did this was actually with, with the donors in mind. So it was less to try and provide the information back to the sector. Um, it was more to try and, what, what can I say, help with this educating of donors uh, so that donor decisions are made a little bit more based on fact and a little bit less based on, um, uh, I'm just going to say it, ridiculous statements like, like, like we touched a million lives, uh, doesn't mean anything, it's misleading perhaps. Um, so this was the idea, was to get more real information out there and using that to influence donors uh, to, to make better decisions about how they, how they support organizations and which causes they do support. Um, I'm, having, having kind of been through a long journey with this thing, I'm still a huge believer in it. I think it could be hugely useful, not only in influencing donors, but also actually back to, back to um, non-profit organizations as well if it reached critical mass, if we had enough um, NPOs um, listed on this database, then I think you, you could start to analyze it and, and pull out findings that could be very, very helpful. Uh, for instance, uh, say you could see how your if, you, if you're working within a nonprofit, see how your organization compares to the rest of the data set on, on certain metrics, like, like staff turnover. If you say our staff turno turnover last year was 10%, um, and then you can you can actually see how how that links to how that relates to everyone else who's who's put in their information right or um, just searching quickly to find potential partners if everyone's tagged with what um, issues they're tackling or what impact they're trying to achieve then you could search and find potential collaborators um, or also could be used as, as a way to look for sharing of lessons learned if one of the fields was something as simple as our biggest lesson learned last year was bleh, and then you could start to build um, uh, a data set around that that people could search. So I think um, if we got enough organizations to populate this thing there's loads of um, uh, potentially practical insights that it could bring um, back to the nonprofits themselves uh, in terms of communicating to donors and I think also back to researchers and government agencies as well. Um, however, <laughs> after three years of trying, we, we just realized we, we can't do this thing alone, no matter how many volunteers help us and no matter how much blood, sweat and tear we, we pour into it ourselves. Do you know this picture? You know this myth of Sisyphus? Yeah, this is so, we, we just can't get that rock up that mountain. Um, frankly, um, chasing, ch when I say chasing orgs, what I mean is, is individually contacting um, lots and lots of nonprofits and then asking them to provide us with um, up-to-date data uh, and frankly, quite a long list of it. Like it's it's about eight pages long, the one that we've been doing to date. 
Um, it takes a long time because you're, you're bugging busy people for specific bits of data. Um, and then even once you've got it, and I think this is Justin's, one of Justin's points, um, it's only live at that point in time and it's gonna need, it's gonna need refreshing periodically. So you're gonna have to go back again and keep chasing, keep chasing. Um, and then also we, we found practically that as we went asking people for, for data, whilst some immediately said, this is a great idea, this will really help to get you know, more fact out, out in the public domain, others were very understandably very wary of what was our agenda, Did, were we trying to get something out of it. Honest, honestly, we weren't. Um, we were kind of trying to be very kind of pure and, and, and do this as a non-profit undertaking ourselves. Like there wasn't an agenda, but um, that's hard to communicate and I think um, didn't always land. So out of all of the organizations that we have approached last year, um, asking them to kind of participate this, in this and give us our data. Actually, I don't know, I'm gonna to jump to when you, what percentage do you think turned us down? 30, she said 30, so yeah, 70% said they would participate, 30% were like, what is this, um, or, or didn't have the time, whatever. So point is, we've, we've really tried, tried at this thing, we tried to do it as a central organization, and, it, and, and we've reached a point where we, we don't think that we can ourselves build it to a critical mass. Um, so it leaves us with the question of how, how is there a way to make that's sustainable, make this data set you know, large enough and regularly updated. Um, and hence linked to, to, to Justin's thinking, can we, can we shift the thinking altogether and make this open source? Could we make it something as simple as a Google Doc, um, which just has a whole, a whole set of different fields? And maybe we could have a structure where once a year we can email out to, to a whole load of organizations who've expressed interest and say, could you please update your data? Um, and then, and then organisations just once a year take hopefully not too long to to go in and refresh the data on them. If they don't want to provide something, they can they can skip it out. But um, hopefully, we we can build it like that. Um, and then the the system would be anyone could then go in and and do what they want. You've then got a nice data database, and all you researchers out there could you know dive in and do something cool with it. Um, possibly to incentivize participation, you could do some kind of like um, bonus level of access if if you participate. Um, uh, could be could be one thing, and maybe if it got traction, if if a volunteer or a pro bono organisation stepped up, or if some funding came in, someone could develop a prettier front end, so it's no longer just a, a Google Doc. It becomes something that's that's um, prettier and more searchable. It could go in that direction. Um, and what we, could, what we can offer is we've at least got the data set that we've constructed last year, which is, yeah, how many, how many organizations have we got on it? 58. 58 in Singapore, and for what it's worth, probably about 20 in Malaysia, Indonesia as well. Um, so, so that could be a, a starting point to get the ball rolling at least. Um, so that's, that's, um, that's what I wanted to sort of talk you through. We've tried to do it centrally. It's, we can't do it, um, but can we shift this over to be an open source thing? Um, and I'd like to kind of leave it with questions for, for the, the group, really. Um, what I've described, would it actually be useful for your organizations? And I'm particularly pointing this at the, um, the people who are actually working within the, the SSOs, the nonprofits. Um, would you find this useful? Um, would you make the time to update it? Um, and if, if we did carry on with this, what data um, would be helpful to include in it? 
Um, so those are my questions back out to the group. I'm going to leave it on my one kind of biggest concern, which is how would we, um, if we opened it up, how would we ensure the integrity of what gets keyed in there? Would it, um, like, as a, as a one, we thought that doing it as a third party would help to remove the bias and to give it rigor. And if we if we take that away, then um, is is it still going to be valuable? Um, so that's that's my own kind of question. Yep. So thanks for listening to that. I think I'm going to pass over to. I'm going. Oh, I'm going to sit down. Yeah. I just share Thanks, Emily. Um, uh, and I just want to kind of add on. Uh, the concept is great. We don't know if it works. It depends. It depends on the community, right? And I also have uh, a separate but a similar idea because IPS uh, does surveys all the time. We're currently doing a surveys of VWOs and it's painstaking work. You know, we centrally devise the questions, we send it out and response rates are low because people don't want to fill in surveys. And so what I thought, you know, plus NCSS does their surveys, MVPC does their annual giving. So everyone does surveys. The thing is, can we do surveys in a decentralized way? I don't know, it's just a thought. Um, uh, I'm in charge of thinking here and not much doing. But what if um, the community decides what kinds of questions you're interested in? And you surface those questions, and then they go into a pool, and people can vote and prioritize which questions are worth asking. And then you fill in and answer the questions you suggested. And if you fill it in, you get access to the data, so it belongs to you. If IPS does the survey, the data belongs to us. We have to protect it. You know, there's IRB and all that. If NCSS does the survey, it's NCSS data. Is there a way to decentralize it? And that's also a question. Can we open source all these things? Um, so anyone have questions for Emily? <laughs> anyone keen to do this? Um, we, don't, we don't have the answers, but potentially people can kind of form an informal working group, think it through, some technologies will help us, consult with people who know about PDPA, etc. And, and we'll see if it happens. But it's just posing an opportunity. Yes. I didn't use the word community. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the community police. You're being blacklisted. <laughs> the community police, that's what you are. What? I just said I'm not the community police. Okay. Um, so as a citizen, the uh, questions that I'd be interested in, like data about VWs or organizations, would be their values. I think that's interesting data for people to have access to. Where does an organization stand on different issues? How representative they are of the communities they say they represent? Those types of analysis, I think, are quite fascinating and meaningful to have in. And I think we, we don't talk about that a whole lot in Singapore, so I do think it's useful information even to collaborate, to know how aligned you are in terms of your values. Where do you stand on human rights? Where do you stand on different issues? Do you think, I don't know, questions that a lot of us aren't afraid to answer, like, do you, do you believe in a minimum wage? I don't know if you work on, on poverty. I think it's useful to know that kind of what kinds of values an organization stands for, as well as their practices. Like, do they, um, if they say they work with the LGBT community or migrant workers, how much is, are those people's voices heard within the organization? Are they an organization of those people? Or do they mainly speak on behalf of, like those, 
things I think are really interesting, valuable information to have on a platform like this. Right, so she, she's not, not just data like finances, revenue, your volunteers, but also the values that you have and the practices that you have. Mm. Thanks for that. Uh, shorter than last comment as well, so. <laughs> um, uh, we, with the qualitative responses, uh, I think when we've done it to date and we've sort of, I don't know, appointed ourselves as this centralized organization who will collect data from different organizations and sort of uh, calibrate it and then, and then key it into the database. Um, I guess we've had at least some level of um, ability to interpret and kind of uh, make a consistent uh, assessment of, of what each of the organizations is saying and then, and then put it up. Um, uh, what I'm wondering is if, if we can move it over to this more like open source approach, if we just make a Google Doc and then we ask qualitative questions, um, will different people understand those questions in different ways and answer them in very different ways? And um, what could, will it therefore be meaningful or what could we do to try and um, sort of bring some kind of order to the, to the responses? I'm struggling for the words here. I've got a very young baby, so I don't sleep at night, <laughs> excuse. <laughs> but you see what I mean, Justin, right? Um, so I hear you, and I guess this is my question kind of back at the group is as, as well, is um, could we put in those qualitative fields? And if so, is, is there a way to kind of manage that, or do we just leave it free text and sort of see what, see what gets thrown in? Mm. It'd be nice in the future if it's a dialogue. It's like, this is the stage and there's yeah. an audience, so it's, it's harder. But I guess... Um, to add on a bit, um, I've, I've kind of studied a little bit about um, the so-called charity watchdogs in other countries, right? So you have Charity Navigator, GuideStar. Sometimes it's done by a non-profit, sometimes it's done by a think tank. And they consolidate. They do what Emily's trying to do, right? They consolidate, they build up analysis of the non-profit sector, and they inform uh, funders what's worth investing in. And sometimes it's, um, people get really upset because sometimes it's like if you write a bad review or report or you get a bad rating, your, your funding depletes based on that report. So there's a lot of power that comes from having the data. Knowledge is power. And so then um, if you are a strong, credible agency, then you can do the work well and you can pull in information. If not, but nonetheless, there's still this unequal power structure, right? Can we decentralize power then? Can we have the community own the data? And you know, if I would like to know if I'm running a senior activity center, well, so what's the fundraising efficiency of, of others like me in different neighborhoods? I would like to access data that it informs my own planning. Right? You, you, once you have um, the knowledge in your own hands, you can do things with it. Right? Um, so that's, I guess, where I was coming from. Other questions? Or to express interest or to caution? Yes. Uh, mine's not a question. Uh, because we've been talking a lot about, uh, thinking a lot about quota hiring. We have a community of people who are disabled by accident, by disease, by birth, whether it's blind, handicapped. They all do not have jobs, most of them and they are they're very poor by nature by their disability. <coughs> there wouldn't be a social problem if these people do not have jobs. Can you imagine if one day I'm 
my neighbor died because, as just Mr. Gerald was saying, he just didn't want to uh, inconvenience his neighbor or he doesn't have the money. He just said, uh, I do not need. So but the problem that we cannot see today, if we do not have content hiring, will become a national issue of our neighbors, ourselves, suffering it. I want to ask, um, I'm sure everyone here have a friends who is disabled by disease in all nature or by birth or by all kind of problem in the world. Um, if we have to take the courage to do something of the unknown, a, a quota hiring to the national level by the government discussing in parliament, let us know as a, for, on, the, on behalf of the citizen as a disabled uh, uh, mom, whether it's autistic or blind, what can we do as a community representative, bring it to such a serious problem that they discuss it in parliament that something can be done for these people. I am tired of hearing, discussing it, but not doing anything. I want to do something when I still have tomorrow or to maybe today, I'm not sure. Um, it's very urgent, especially for people who have invisible disability among our peers, yes, because they have the hands and the eyes to use, but they don't have the brain. But they need the protection of a community, and some of them have extraordinary abilities that is unseen, and it's so wasted that they have gone overseas. So I'm concerned that because we didn't bring it to a national level, and the national, the MPs and the government in authorities cannot make decisions, and people in other countries like Myanmar are having quota hiring, and countries are doing it because they are not, I think they are not fearful of the unknown, and they are not counting monies and dollars, that's why they dare to go out. If we all depend on numbers and economy to decide on the decision that's important of our life, then I'm very sad to say that we have lost our humanity. Thank you for that. Actually, you just kind of skip to the community dialogue part of it. So we will register that, and if people are keen to support this initiative, want to join uh, a working group to study quota hiring in Singapore, um, I think in our feedback form, we'll send it out to everyone, and you can indicate, okay, do you want to be part of this, part of that? Um, but thank you for sharing that. So um, uh, um, did anyone else have... I mean, that's, I guess, the spirit of community, right? The, it's... it's it's us being here and we're human beings, right? All this, this is just the, the administrative infrastructure that allows us to be with one another. And we are talking about abstract things like data, but there are real issues like that. And so we have to remember that uh, these issues matter to real people. There's, there, besides the fake community of professionals and the fake community of organizations, there's a real community here. <laughs> Hi. Hi, um, I'm Desmond from the Lien Center. Um, thank you, Emily. Uh, so my, my experience is largely in the international development sector. I, was, I just moved back from Cambodia recently. Um, originally from Singapore, but as I kind of interacted with uh, different SSOs, different VWOs, uh, what I found out is, uh, I guess in international development sector, we, are, we struggle a lot with, uh, our priority is a lot, it's on generating impact data. Uh, output, we track everything, output, outcome, indicators, and all that. I was just wondering if I missed it earlier, are you tracking those data, are you collecting those data? And also, if you could share with us your impression of, I guess, local SSOs, local VWOs, in terms of having good uh, M&E systems or good logical framework thinking uh, to generate good, meaningful data to present. Yeah. 
Thanks for my, that question, Desmond. It's quite close to my heart. Yeah, we, um, we, we want... I mean, you saw I had that slide up, uh, that kind of joking one about, we touched a million lives, you know, that, that type of statement, which I want to kind of fight against. Um, so, so we did have a, an agenda to try and put in more um, real uh, output outcome, you know, impact section that, that would go against this million lives thing. Um, but then, of course, in reality, um, it, and any outputs or outcomes that an individual organization reports, you, you're not going to be able to kind of benchmark them against anyone else because it's all, it's all being collected in a different context and so on and so forth. It's also all self-reported, even though we as a third party kind of aggregated it. We didn't actually go in and um, do a, an impact audit on all of these 58 organizations. We just asked them what are their output outcome um, metrics that they've collected and then we and then we put them into the data set um, so that wasn't very satisfactory so what we've what we've done to try and go one level beyond that at least is to look at what um, what is each organization's attitude and process uh, towards this task of measuring impact um, so if we forget about like the, the actual numbers and the actual quotes and stuff that people are reporting. Just, just look at um, which are the organizations that have a strong investment in this area and for whom uh, it's something that they think about very regularly and it's kind of integrated at all levels of the, of the organization versus which are the organizations that um, don't see this as um, kind of uh, useful uh, way to spend donor money and, and better to channel it all directly to, into the program. Um, and so we, we made a kind of f three free text boxes and we've, uh, one of them is about kind of what is your impact measurement framework, like do you have a logic model or do you have a theory of change to your question? And then the next one is about um, what's your approach to collecting data? And then the third one is about how do you use the data that you collect? And there's just, I mean it's not long, there's like a paragraph of text on each, on each of those for each of the organizations. Um, I uh, you're like okay one one of your questions is what's the kind of the result of that or what did that tell us um maybe um overall across across the the sample um not so many organizations have uh, have things like theory of change or at least ones that they want to publish and shout about um and maybe there's there was quite a lot of um uh when we asked people how do you use the data I think that, that was an, an area that um, n not many had a really, really strong answer to. Maybe there was a thing of, um, although everyone's collecting data, it's often okay, you collect it because you have to feed it to certain funders, um, rather than we collect it and we have like a very set process for making sure that teams reflect on the findings and that we communicate it back to the communities that we serve and, and la 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 la. So, so maybe if I want to kind of venture a, a conclusion from it, there's, there's maybe an um, opportunity across the sector to do more on how we use uh, the data that w and the research findings that, that we gather within organizations. Um, I can waffle for a long time. I love your questions, so <laughs> I can waffle for more, but hopefully that, that gets the basics, yeah. Hi, Emily. Um, Joyce, Comedy Foundation. Maybe can I respond to a comment that uh, Justin has made about uh, people watchdog and all that? And I think there's a possibility to decentralize 
the power to the non-profits if we sort of demystify how donors evaluate funding. That could be a way because a lot of people have some resistance. I mean, I think the elephant in the room here is really, okay, yes, resources, time and projects and all that has an impact on how you put um, to put the data out there. But I think a lot of people have resistance because their fear of being judged to say, okay, if I put my data out there, people know I'm well-funded, I'm not good enough, donors are going to come in and all that. Perhaps one of the ways is really to look at how funders evaluate giving. I, can, I only can think of the Tinder app as an analogy to it. Basically, when you put out your financials and all that, it's just basically telling people your weight, height, likes and dislikes. End of the day, the match between a donor's giving as well as to the charity is also about the personality of the charity, the way you want to work together. There's all these other things that goes into the bringing of a donor funding into a charity's program. So it's really not just about the data out there, but the data provide an initial proxy for you to say, do I like this person enough or this organization enough to find out more? And that's when I started thinking if there is something about dismystifying how donors go about funding a charity, maybe that would help them to sort of not have this fear of opening themselves up for for people to understand them better. Then the mindset is really that for something like that to happen, you're really looking at getting yourself out there so more people get to know you better for who you are, what you are, and what you're trying to do. So the last thing I wanted to put out here is really to say if it's a dialogue, right? How many of us in the room is willing to say, yes, I will contribute to Emily's, you know, this program and put my data out there? I mean, if we are here as a community wanting to do something and we are not even considering wanting to do this ourselves, then it will always be the other and where is the I in the picture? Yeah, so that's a thought. So are you on board building a Tinder app together? Um, I don't know how to build a Tinder app, but I can try. So one of the things that CFS has with MVPC is, uh, you know, we started this collapse thingy and then we are doing it, right? We are considering whether is there a way we could put the information out onto the social collapse wiki so that we don't have to build and host another thing. Yes, we are willing to try and we are willing to say, okay, what role can I play to start putting the data out there? I mean, maybe Joy, uh, thanks a lot, Joyce, and for you, you picked up on the question that I was asking amongst this community. Why don't well, let's do it? Show of hands. Um, First of all, because um, I don't think this is necessarily relevant for, say, students or even researchers, sorry, Justin, um, but first of all, stick up your hand if you're actually working within a, uh, a non-profit organization on the ground. Uh, okay, and then could you just keep your hand up if you think you'd find the time to, to fill in this Google Sheet once a year? The, the hands have just gradually gone down. Joyce's <laughs> hand is like firmly up. Um, and then so Marissa at the front, okay, you're, you're like well, five converted, right? Um, so, yeah, and then there's a couple of like little hands kind of just being polite. Um, yeah, that, I think that is our yeah, challenge. And, and back, to the, back to the previous panel with the needs, the needs assessment as well. It's, what's the, it's fine for um, research assistants, interns, students, even sector network organizations, which at least have some mandate for knowledge sharing. But for, for those who are actually working on the ground, um, this is not going to be your priority. Where's the incentive or where's the time to be able to participate? That's, that's the challenge, I think. I like how sneaky you are. Once your hands are up, it's harder to go down. It's like... <laughs> Any last questions? 
Last question, if you want. Sure. I'll keep it short, I promise. Um, with the information that you're asking for, you said it's like a long thing of like eight pages and stuff like that. Do you mine some of the data first and then ask for the, the gaps to be filled in? Because a lot of the, I just had a quick look, like the financial information, all that stuff is available on Charity Portal, you know, and all that you do, yeah? Is, so the eight pages is still after you mine that data? Oh, then it's not that much, Can right? I nominate? <laughs> Hi, so we recognize that a lot of data is actually out there, either through charity portal or through um, annual reports and other reports that charities themselves, sorry, nonprofit organizations themselves put out. And we always do pre-homework first, so we do as much factual data as we can, uh, but we've actually realized that not a lot is out there in the public domain. Um, some of the more valuable data we can only get by uh, going to the charity, then going to the nonprofit themselves and doing an interview, uh, and kind of to your question of values, and that was that was something that we did discuss very early on um, when formulating what should go into the profile itself. Uh, but I think there are larger questions of you know who, depending on who we speak to in the organisation, whether it's someone that is more uh, that has more of a a marketing mandate versus the person who has a ED role uh, mandate or a more operational mandate, we might get very different answers. Uh, and, and that was uh, a conscious decision almost to not try to go too deep into qualitative type things that, that would be difficult to uh, be assured that it stands for the whole organization, if that makes sense. Um, so. Eight pages is, it might not seem like a lot, uh, but sometimes depending on who we got put in touch with in the organization, a lot, um, we're realizing that information sometimes is not uh, shared all across the organization. So we ended up having sometimes to talk to three different people uh, in order to get uh, the full picture. I don't know if that's helpful, but I think that's kind of why we are very interested in making it something that's open source that other people could contribute to, because I think uh, the burden on any one person could be uh, relatively heavy uh, if it was all on just that person. And that would be a good way to end. Uh, thank you, Wernie, and a round of applause for Wernie and Emily. Um, tea break. Come back at 3.30 and we will listen to volunteer-driven, volunteer-designed, volunteer platforms. <laughs>